we were still in the series of Abraham, a friend of God. And uh, I trust that you have been following with us uh, in this book. And the intention of the, the series is to go through the journey of uh, the life of Abraham and to learn about him. Uh, learn about the things that he, he did well and learn about the things that he did not do so well. Right? We've, we talked about that. And this series is meant to help us have an example of, uh, of how to live in an environment where God is not a priority. Uh, that's what happened during Abraham's time, and it's actually even more prevalent now because God is not a priority. And it, it's good for us to learn from Abraham so that we can follow his example through our journey because we are also friends of God, right? I know it, doesn't, it sounds kind of strange, but we are also friends of God through Jesus because uh, Jesus said that in John 15 that through Jesus, we are his friends. Um, however, I trust that we are not only learning more about how to be a friend of God through Abraham's life. We are actually also learning more about who God is that is actually even more important. Is through this series, we can learn more about God's faithfulness, learn more about God's protection, learn more about how God is wanting to walk with us and beside us and wanted to speak to us and, and show us of who he is and reveal more of his love for us. And I hope that is the most important thing for us to know through this series. Uh, so now we are going through this and we're on Genesis chapter 21. So um, let's turn our Bible or our Bible app to Genesis 21. I will be using the NIV translation. Feel free to use any translation that you guys, um, as long as you read it, you can use that translation. So uh, Genesis 21, the beginning of this chapter is, is commonly known as God's promise fulfilled. Genesis 21. And uh, for the sake of time this morning, I will only focus on uh, the first seven verses of Genesis 21. I do want to encourage everyone to read through this whole chapter slowly and carefully, if you haven't already. Uh, please don't skim through it. I skim through things all the time. So I'm speaking from a place of uh, personal experience. Please don't skim through it, because when we read through it slowly and carefully, uh, don't read it like we would read any other book or any other novel or, or news article or a Facebook caption. Uh, because when we read scriptures and read it slowly and carefully, this will help us to truly see the life of God within scriptures and be able to tune both our ears and our hearts to the things that he's trying to speak to us. There may be verses within this chapter or any of the chapters that will speak to each of us, each of you, individually. And this is one of the many ways that God speaks to us. Um, so this, this kind of comes back to uh, what Ken shared with us two weeks ago about um, hearing God's voice. It's, if, you were, if you were not here on Sunday, I would encourage you to listen to the recording. Uh, we have a podcast on iTunes, but also we have a recording on our website. Just listen to that. Uh, actually, if you were here, listen to it again. Because there were so many things that came through that would help us to learn more about how to hear the voice of God. Uh, just a quick note, we all can hear the voice of God. Just in case you're wondering, not only the anointed or the experienced can hear the voice of God, uh, not only the minister or the priest or the pastor are the only ones who can hear God, we all 
can hear the voice of God. And I, I know we've been saying that, but I just want to re-emphasize that so we all know that we can and should try to hear the voice of God. All right? Otherwise, I was going to say, what's the point of being a Christian? But it's, it's not that. It's just that's one of the big privileges that we get to hear from God himself. And otherwise, our, our success or our failure will be basically strictly on us, on what we think, what we have learned, what we have read. Uh, and, and we'll never be able to break free from any generational sins or addictions or anxiety or fear or the pressure that our parents may have put on us or the pressure that society put on us if we don't listen and hear the voice of God and go where he's trying to tell us to go. And otherwise, if we don't listen, this is a special privilege that we have. We will be just like everyone else, right? Is that, hopefully that's a common knowledge because we have access to the creator of time and universe. So let's listen to him who created all things. So uh, having Jesus in our lives that's a special privilege. So I, we want to be able to hear the things that he has uh, for us. And, and I know you're probably wondering where I'm going with that. But I'm going to come back to this later on. It's like, you know, we, we need to be able to hear God's voice so we can, it will give us life, give us directions, give us courage to continue on to the things that God has called us to do. Just like Abraham and Sarah. Keep going into the, walking into the promise that God has spoken over them and over us. So let's try to hear the plans and the purposes that God has written out for us. And let's enjoy that special privilege of being able to hear from God all the time. Amen. Amen. Okay, so anyway, that's why I want to encourage you guys. Um, try to do that when we're making major life decisions. God, is this where you want me to go? Is this what you want me to do, God? Because when we do those things, and if we hear from God, the decision that we make we can walk into that with confidence. And no matter the obstacles, no matter the fears and the, 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 the natural, the things that may seem like it's impractical, we know that this is where God is taking us. And he will fulfill his promise, just like what we're going to go through right now in Genesis 21. And, um, right? God's promise fulfilled, Genesis 21. And he will always fulfill his promise. And uh, the caveat is God will always fulfill his promise to us. To you or to me. If he's spoken something, he will fulfill that promise. However, if we claim someone else's promise, he's not going to fulfill that for us. Did that make sense? Because if we think that God is promising us something, we may not be able to get it. If we're hoping that God is promising us something, but we didn't hear from him directly, it may not come true. Um, sorry, something just came up. So, um, so anyway, what is God has promised to each and every one of us individually? Keep that in mind. So what we're going to go through is we're going to go through God's promise to Abraham directly in Genesis 21. And let's read through. Let's read through this because how he had fulfilled the promise to Abraham. Let's read through the first seven verses together. Now, the Lord was gracious to Sarah. As Gavin, stop it. Oh, now it's Megan. Sorry. As I'm sorry about that. Let's start all over. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. 
Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. So this is a fulfillment of a promise that God made to Abraham and Sarah. Right? We knew that from Genesis 18, Megan shared on that a few weeks ago, when God said, I will surely, surely uh, you don't need to turn there. Genesis uh, 18, um, chapter 18, verse 10. I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. I think God was very specific. Sarah will have a son. Not Hagar will have another son. Not another Sarah will have a son. Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Because God knew that they didn't really fully understood what he said earlier because of Ishmael, right? So this is a fulfillment of a promise that was made to Abraham, even going back to Genesis chapter 12, because we started that earlier in the year, if you may remember, the first of the year, and now we are in May, and we're finally, the month of May, get to see God's miraculous promise to Abraham fulfilled. It seems like a long time ago, right? Does it seem like a long time ago for you? Maybe it was just a long time ago for me. And just from us reading scriptures, just from us going through scripture together, so I cannot even imagine what it is like for Abraham and Sarah to actually live it out. It's 25 years. Because if we go back to Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, the Lord appealed to Abraham and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So he will build an altar there to the so he built an altar there to the Lord who had appealed to him. So to your offspring, I will give this land. Offspring as in God did not mean Ishmael in Isaac. So this was when Abraham was only 75 years old. So it took a, so long, at least a long time for us as people, that caused Abraham and Sarah to think that God could not have literally mean a son from both of them. Right? The reason they didn't think it was possible because they both knew earlier that Sarah, which from Genesis 11, verse 39, Sarah was not able to conceive. So that meant Sarah was not able to even have a miscarriage. She couldn't even have a miscarriage because she could not even get pregnant, period. That was in Genesis 11, verse 39. So in their mindset, Abraham and Sarah, neither of them thought it was humanly possible. I mean, physically, it's impossible, right? I think we can all agree on that. Physically, it's impossible. It's humanly impossible. The old, right now, with all the medical advances and technological advancement, the oldest person to give birth, and this is through IVF, is 66 years old. I actually looked it up. The oldest person to actually able to give birth through, I don't know why you want to give birth when you're 66, through IVF is 66 years old. Because otherwise, physically, you just cannot have children. So Abraham and Sarah just felt it couldn't be possible because they were just too old to have children. Sarah didn't think it was possible because she was barren. She knew she could not conceive 
when they got married with Abraham. She was not able, like I said, she couldn't even have a miscarriage. She knew it was not going to happen. That's from them. So she actually, when God said, um, Sarah, you will have a son, she actually laughed. If we look at Genesis 18, verse 12, so Sarah laughed to herself when God said, um, when God said earlier, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. So then a couple verses down the road, Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? So when I read this, it appears to me as Sarah is saying, you've got to be joking, God. You're not serious, right? So in a way, she was kind of a little bit mockery. It's like, God, you can't be serious because how am I going to be able to have a son? I'm really old. So she didn't think that was possible because humanly, it's impossible, right? Physically, it's impossible. Only God can open her womb because we know it could not have been Abraham, right? Because one of the assumptions could be, well, maybe Abraham had trouble with fertility also, but we know that's not possible because of Ishmael, right? So it's not Abraham. It was actually Sarah that could not conceive. So she didn't think that was possible. So not only Sarah didn't think it was possible, Abraham didn't think it was possible either. Right? The same reaction with Abraham because he also even laughed when he heard God's promise. This is in Genesis 17, verse 17. I'll read it to you guys. You guys don't need to turn there. Abraham fell face down. This is when he heard God said to him that you will have a son. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? That's from Genesis 17, verse 17. So both Sarah and Abraham laugh at the thought, God, you're going to give us a son? You've got to be kidding, right? We may think it's funny, but it's kind of like a mockery when God said something and we kind of laugh at it like, oh, you got to be joking, right? That's what it is. He mistakenly, and he also mistakenly thought that, oh, that promise from God was for Ishmael or for someone else. It sounds funny, like I said, but it's not. It shouldn't be, right? When God's promised something, if we laugh at that promise, that sounds like a mockery. And we, we're not taking what God says seriously. So Abraham didn't think it was possible. Now, earlier in Genesis 15, verse 6, we went through this um, a, month, a couple months ago. Abraham believed in God. Genesis 15, verse 6. Abraham believed in God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. That one verse alone is incredible, that we can spend weeks and months studying on that verse. But so even with him believing in God, he didn't think that was possible. Like I was saying, it's physically and humanly impossible for them to have a child. Couple things. Firstly, neither Abraham or Sarah really think that a son could come from both of them even of all the things that God has provided for them, right? Because logically and practically, we can't work that out in our minds. It was naturally impossible. Can I say that? I know I've been saying that. I'm repeating that. But I just want to say, it's, so it has to be a supernatural event. As in, it's humanly impossible unless there was an intervention, a divine intervention. God wanted his promise, which was fulfilled, to only have one explanation, 
and that is through divine intervention. There's no other way to explain it. If Sarah was 65 or 70 years old, right, we can probably still rationalize that, oh, well, maybe there was an alien that visited Earth. Um, I think for some of those who know me, I love science fiction. So that is something that my mind can come up with because we have a pretty incredible imagination. So you can say, oh, maybe an alien that came down and used the technology to cause Sarah and Abraham to have a son. <laughs> it's outrageous, right? But some people could also think that way. But, but God wanted to wait until Sarah was 90 years old to say, hey, even if there was alien invasion, physically, Sarah can't just have a baby unless God intervened. So he waited until it's past any possible technological people traveling back in time, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there will be a movie on that. So that's why he wanted to make sure that people know his promise can only be fulfilled by him. So when he makes a promise, he, he wants it to be fulfilled, and he thinks about all the details. So when we listen to him, he shares with us. He wants to tell us about all the details of his promise. And that's why it's important for us to listen and hear what he has to say. Right? Because when he said, you will have a son, but also not only that, he gave Abraham a name. He gave Abraham the name of the son whom was promised to him, Isaac. Isaac means he laughed. It means because there is joy. That's why he laughs. You can see in Genesis 21 verse 6, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. The miraculous birth of a son who will bring laughter, right? The miracle son who will bring joy to Sarah and Abraham and all those around them. This miracle son, if I can use that term, Isaac, who became father to Jacob, who became a father to the 12 tribes of Israel, who became to, to fulfill the, the, the promise of Abraham's descendants will be like the sands on the seashore, just like the stars in the sky. But also, it is a foreshadow. It's a foreshadow to an event thousands of years later. Another miraculous birth of another son who also brings joy to all mankind. The birth of God's own son, Jesus. So when we think about Isaac, as in he laughs, God actually gave Abraham and Sarah a name. He laughed because there's joy. But then that's a foreshadow to the things that's going to happen down the road. There's going to be another son who will bring joy to all of us. Another promise fulfilled. Because Jesus, he brings joy, right? But not just joy. He brought eternal joy. So this time the promise is fulfilled to all mankind. Not just Abraham or Sarah. So that's what I meant when it's a foreshadow to the things to come. It's a promise that brought joy and laughter to all mankind. Eternal joy. Eternal laughter. And, uh, you know, when I said first, because it's been impossible. But also, secondly, they didn't think it was possible for God's promise to be fulfilled, which was Isaac, because it's been way too long. It's way too long, right? Abraham left his land when he was 75. And Isaac was born when Abraham was 100. 25 years is a long time to wait. I've never had to wait for anything for 25 years. So I, <laughs> I will tell you, one year is too long for me. But it's long for us, but it's not long for him. 
is not found for God. Time is not a deterrent for God, right? He created time. If we step back and realize who God is, he created time. So he's not restricted by time. He's not confined or bounded by the, by the laws of time. Um, I want to read from 2 Peter verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Don't turn there. I'll read it to you guys. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Because he created time. 25 years is like a blink of an eye when we speak in terms of eternity. So it's not long for him. It's long for us, but it's not long for him. Right? An illustration that I like to use, a practical illustration I like to use is, I think most of you know that we have a puppy, uh, Pepper. That's her name. For me, I'm the one that gets up early in the morning to let her out to go to the bathroom. So every morning when she sees me, it's like she hasn't seen me for years. She acts like, oh, where have you been all my life? And she would jump all over me. She would get all excited. Her tail would be flapping everywhere, and she wouldn't go pee at all. I'm worried sometimes. I'm worrying that she will pee in the house before I even take her out. But an illustration is for, for Pepper, a puppy, one night may seem like days for her, right? One human year is seven dog year. Isn't that the common understanding? So one night for me is probably, what, three or four days for her? It's like, ah, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Hey, how are you? It's, it's nice. But at the same time, it's like, oh, come on, not again. I just want to take you out. But I use that illustration for us to understand that 25 years for us is a long time. But for God, it's not long at all. A thousand years like a day. A day is like a thousand years. So keep that in mind. So when God has spoken a promise over us, if it doesn't come to fruition in a year or two, don't lose courage. Don't lose spirit. 25 years. That's what Abraham and Sarah went through. So this brings back to what I said earlier about hearing God's voice. Because when he speaks something over us, trust. Trust in God's promise. Even if we haven't seen it come to fruition in one year, two years, five years, or ten years, what he promises, he will fulfill. Period. It's not mostly he will fulfill he will fulfill all of his promises. So don't let our natural understanding or, or what we see or what we experience just because, oh, things are so tough right now. But God, you promised me that things will get better. When is this going to happen? Don't let time cause us to look away from the promise that God has given us or the, the obstacles that we're facing or the difficulties that we're experiencing. Don't let our natural understanding fool us in terms of letting go of his promise. I want to take a, a few minutes to touch on God's promise and, um, and bringing this into land. Right, so firstly, God's promise always seems like it's impossible to happen. Or maybe it's too good for us. It's too good to be true. If it sounds impossible, it's from God. Because if it's too easy, God would not promise something that's too easy for us. 
to, uh, to think that would happen because we would try to do it on our own. We would do, do those things in our own flesh. So it has to be something that sounds impossible. Use an example that we see here for Abraham and Sarah to have a son when they were 190 respectively. It is impossible, right? But if God has spoken the promise, it will happen. So there are two types of promises when we talk about God's promises. A general promise and a specific promise. I want to briefly say um, on a general promise. A general promise is kind of like eternal life through Jesus. That's a general promise. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, the way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a general promise to all of us. Through Jesus, we can come to the Father. Because um, John 14, verse 15 and 16, says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Right? So if you love me, you will have the Holy Spirit. That's a general promise to all of us. Right? And the specific promise is what God has spoken directly to each and every one of us. In this example, Genesis 21, verse 1, and 7, 1 through 7, it's an example of a promise that was made specifically to Abraham. So don't try to claim that for ourselves. That was for Abraham. So when you read scriptures, don't use that example to say, well, I, my descendant's going to be like the stars in the sky. Well, we may have, I have three kids. They may have a lot of kids, but my descendants will not be like the stars in the sky. That was for Abraham, right? So we see scriptures and promises that was made to David or Moses or what have you. That, those are specific promises to them. That's why it's important to be able to hear God's voice, to hear what is God's specific promise to each and every one of us. That's why it's important for us to be able to hear his voice and know that we all can hear his voice. We don't need someone else to tell us what is God's promise for our lives. We need to understand that and recognize that that's a special privilege that we have. And I want to end by posing this question to everyone. Is what is God's specific promise to you? What is God's specific promise to us? Because when we know his promise, we will know the calling that God has for each of us. When we pursue and following the calling that God has for us, we will receive the promise God has spoken over us. His promise to us will be fulfilled. So what is his specific promise to us? The calling and the promise go hand in hand. This applies to each of us individually, right? But the calling and his promise go hand in hand. Just as we see from the life of Abraham, right? God called Abraham to go. Go from his land. Go from his people. Go from his father's household. So when Abraham followed the call of God to go, then the promise will be fulfilled from God because he became the father of the faithfuls, right? We know that from Romans chapter 4, verse 11. The father of all believers, of those that have faith in Jesus. And then Abraham received the fulfillment of God's promise, which is Isaac. He has a promise for each of us. It is true. We may not want to agree it. We may not want to know it. It may seem a little bit too crazy. But he has a promise that is spoken over each of us. Because each of us were uniquely and wonderfully made. We were not accidentally made or that was not unintentionally made. Psalms 139 verse 16 said, you saw, Your eyes saw my unformed body. 
all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I want to read that again. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. He has a plan and a purpose for each of us. Psalms 139, verse 16. He has a plan and a purpose for each of us. Let's find out what that is for each of us. Right? Don't you want to know? I want to know. We all want to know, right? Because we don't want to walk around aimlessly. What is God's specific promise to each and every one of us? Because as I said earlier, it's not what we think it is. It's not what we hope his promises. It's not like what other people tell us God's promise to us. And it's not what other people think God's promise to us. I don't want you to tell me what God's promise is to me. I want to hear directly from him. You may confirm what I've heard from God. But the promise that God has for each of us comes directly from him. That's why it's important for us to be able to hear his voice. Seek for it. Ask him, God, what is your promise for me? What is your plans and your purpose for my life? Because once we hear, or once we know what God has spoken over us, pursue it. Pursue it with everything that we have and everything that we are. Go all in. Just like Abraham, right? He went all in. He took everything with him, and he just left. Don't go halfway. That's a term that I like to throw out a lot. You know, just sell out. Be completely sold out for God. Pursue the things that God has called us to be because people may call those fanatics, but they're fanatics because they're trusting in the mighty God and they're looking and they step into the promise that's being fulfilled. It's crazy, right, for us to be here, to meet here in this school. In this... There's so many things I want to say, but I don't want to close this out. But anyway, it's pursue the things that God has called us to do, even when it seems impractical, it seems unnatural. But what God has spoken over us, he will fulfill his promise, just like what we learned in Genesis chapter 21. It seems impossible. Actually, it seems physically impossible, humanly impossible. Abraham didn't think it was possible to have. Neither did Sarah, but God, what he promised, he will fulfill. And it's never too late to start walking into God's calling for our lives. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him. It's never too late. Don't think it's ever too late. The fulfillment of God's promise is too wonderful and amazing to explain. See, that's what Sarah said. He laughs. It's so much joy. What did Sarah said? He will laugh with me. Here, let me go back. God has brought me laughter. God has brought me laughter. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children again? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. That's amazing, isn't it? To experience that supernatural joy and laugh with the things that God has planned for us and receive what God has given us. That's what we should all strive for and look for and try to work for. And I know the fulfillment of God's promise over each of us is also too wonderful for us and too amazing for us to explain. But we want to do that, right? We want to walk into that. I think we should all walk into that. Um, yes? Amen?
Amen. Um, that's what I have for us this morning. And I want to encourage us as we read those verses. Be encouraged and, be remem- and remember the promises that God has spoken over us. And keep on pursuing because he will fulfill the promise that he has for us. If we think it's too nice, uh, too, too, uh, we don't deserve it, that's wrong. Those are lies from the enemy. That's lies from the devil. God wants to give us amazing, wonderful things. Don't listen to the devil. Listen and trust God and pursue it. What he promised, he will fulfill. Amen. Amen. Um, so I want to encourage you guys, just read through the rest of the chapter on your own. And uh, just read through each verse slowly. Scripture is incredible. When you read through each verse, things will jump out to us, as I said earlier. And we will learn so much more. And we may even catch some of the things that God wants to speak over us uh, through Scripture. So with that, let me, uh, let me close and uh, pray over us. And then, um, okay, let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for you, God. We just want to thank you for who you are. We just thank you that, uh, as we see from the example in Genesis, that whatever you promise to us, you will fulfill. No matter how impossible it may look, no matter how ridiculous it may seem, no matter how crazy it may appear to be to to everyone else, to those outside of us, even when the law of physics cannot explain it, but what you promise, we know and trust that you will fulfill, Lord. And I just want to speak that over us, each and every one of the people here, Lord, that you will speak to them, that each of us can open our eyes, open our ears, and open our hearts and hear the promise that you, are, you have spoken over us, or be able to hear the promise that you are speaking to us right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, whether it's through the, the thoughts that you have put in our hearts, or whether it's through visual images, or, or just uh, uh, through a book, or through someone else. I just pray in the name of Jesus that you will reveal more of the promise over our lives, each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, we ask for that right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Give everyone here a glimpse of the future a glimpse of the things that you have for us. Just like uh, a glimpse of Isaac for Abraham and Sarah. Give everyone here a glimpse of what you have planned for each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we pray to all these things in your name, God. Amen.